0: This is the Unstoppable Authors podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable.
1: Welcome to episode 184 of the Unstoppable Authors Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Scott, and this week I spoke to audiobook narrator Gillian Yetta all about, you guessed it, audiobooks. So, first, I'll start with a personal update. Um, (laughs) March kind of disappeared into a bit of a haze for me, to be honest. Um, I got unwell, I had a bit of a rough couple of weeks in the middle of March and it's taken me a bit of time to recover from it to be perfectly honest. Yeah, so that's why I wasn't on the last joint episode, which is fine, because it left Holly and Angeline to talk about killing off characters, which I hate. I don't like death in books, it's not my thing. <laughs> I like the happily ever after. So yeah, March kind of went past uh, without much productivity, which is fine, but also not fine. It's frustrating. But yeah, I'm trying to get back onto uh, getting my formatting work done and working on the book formatting formula. Those are just kind of all consuming for me at the moment. And like I said in my last um, update, I just, I'm tired of formatting a little bit. Um, I need to get back into fiction. I am considering perhaps kind of sliding in a bit of fiction at the same time as doing the formatting stuff because... I do feel like there's a bit of a lack of balance, but at the same time, I also know that (laughs) if I don't focus on one project, then neither project will get done. So yeah, no, the formatting book and course is going to be done soon, I promise. My plan was to have it done by the end of quarter one, but it didn't happen. But that's fine. Life is life. I will get there. So we have no new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all of our current patrons who sponsor the show. We appreciate all your support so much. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive access to our off-air banter, and the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast. If you'd like to join in and also support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. Our monthly sessions of Sprints and Giggles, an evening where we do writing sprints, answer questions and have a laugh, are open to all of our listeners now. So to get the link to join in, just make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter or be a member of our Facebook group. So let's get into the main topic, which is all about audiobooks. I interviewed narrator Gillian Yetta, who I've been following on Instagram for quite a while now, and we had a great chat about her experience with audiobooks. We chatted about first steps to take to find a narrator, different ways of paying for narration, and how AI is changing the industry. So without further ado, here's the interview. So welcome to the podcast, Gillian. It's lovely to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. So we're talking today about audiobooks, and you are an audiobook narrator. So can you tell us how you
2: got into audiobook narrating and tell us all about your journey? So it's quite an interesting journey. Um I started as a high school English teacher for 10 years. It was my passion. It was everything I wanted to do in this world and I thought I was going to continue doing it until I retired. Um well unfortunately I when I was pregnant with my son 8 years ago um I came down with a neurological condition which is a form of migraines that causes stroke-like symptoms. It's a very unique condition, um, uh, though a lot of women—it's—it's it's predominant in women. Um, a lot of a lot more women than I thought have it. Um, so, I started having these episodes, these stroke-like episodes, quite frequently while I was teaching, and to the point where my neurologist told me, you know what, maybe it's time that you have to be done. Uh, because some of the triggers were fluorescent lighting, stress, too much caffeine, not enough sleep—all mm-hmm. these things that we know teachers endure. Um, so it was just not the right career path for me. So I had to leave on disability. Well, when I was really, really sick when I first went on disability, I couldn't read, and I loved to read. That's what I did. I taught, I taught teenagers about books for a living, um, and so I found a love of audiobook listening or reading with my ears through this time period when I couldn't physically hold a book. I couldn't physically see a book because I was ill so often. It was a format that I never really gave so much respect to until I needed it and I understood the need for it, Um, other than just as a supplemental tool that I would often give to my students. Uh, For some people, this is their only form of reading, and for quite some time, it was my only form of reading. So once I did start feeling better and I had completely left the classroom for good, I knew I never could return because this is a chronic illness. This is something that will never go away. Um, I, I was in the par- parking lot of a, a makeup store crying, and I Googled what to do with a master's degree in English when <laughs> you aren't teaching anymore and the first thing that came up was this website called acx.com uh, which is the audiobook creation exchange and it is a, um, a platform for indie authors to connect with independent audiobook narrators to produce a book together so I quickly made a profile I recorded a sample on my phone with my phone microphone and submitted it and I got a book However, I did not know all of the work that goes into producing an audio oh, yes. <laughs> So it took me three months to complete this six-hour book. There was a lot of tears, a lot of learning curve, a lot of me also being sick at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really I've I sort of walked into this career path. I didn't go at it running. I walked into it. I didn't know it was going to be a career. I just took on one book at a time, several months to complete that those single books. Um, and then four years later, here I am with 80 books produced. Eighty, amazing. <laughs> yes. How many hours has gone into that? Many, many. <laughs> a lot of hours, yes. Um yeah. and now uh because the amount of work that actually goes into producing an audiobook, I've started outsourcing a lot of elements of it, mm. uh, which I didn't know I could do in the beginning. And I couldn't afford to with what I was making. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of thing, what parts of the process do you outsource? So sometimes I outsource my prepping. Um, so I'll still read the book. I always read the book, but sometimes um like taking notes or highlighting. I like to highlight the dialogue with different mm-hmm. colors. Um, for each speaker. Usually I prep by myself just because as I'm reading, I'm you know a teacher. I don't mind taking notes, but sometimes I outsource that if I don't have time. I also outsource the engineering, mastering, and proofing. Um, so all of that. So I have somebody who goes through, gets my audio to spec, um, and he proofs it, which makes he makes sure that it's 100% accurate to the text. So that was something, all of those things I was doing by myself before, which is extremely time consuming. Um, And I wanted to be able to focus on the performance aspect, the reading of the books.
1: Yeah, it is a lot of work. Um, I've watched my audiobook narrators go through it, but you don't see what happens kind of behind the scenes because it's not just reading out a book, is it? Like you said, you've got to make sure it is spot on to what the text is saying Yes. And um, yeah, and making changes if if the uh, the author says, oh, you didn't get that bit quite right, you know, in terms of delivery. It's just it's a lot. So I have massive respect (laughs) for audiobook narrators. It is it is a lot. Um, But yeah, you were talking about how audiobooks are really necessary these days and and how important they are, actually. And it really frustrates me when I see people saying um, that
2: audiobooks aren't reading. Yes. How do you feel about that? Mm. Um, It's something I'm very passionate about because even when I was a teacher, I didn't listen to audiobooks. I didn't read with my ears so much when I was a teacher, but I would use it in my classroom because I saw the value of how it helps different readers because everyone reads in a different way. Everyone consumes literature in a different way. Mm. And to gatekeep to decide that one format is particular. I know some people who um even look down on ebook reading. Mm. Um yeah. but to to look down on one particular format as inferior, um, you're still consuming literature. You're still learning about the word world. You're decoding, your brain is decoding just in a different way than when you're physically looking at the words. And in some instances, people like to listen to the audiobook while they're physically reading the book that's a kindle unlimited option to add both Mm -hmm. um and i know a lot of people who do that and i've done that where i'll bounce between formats where i'll have a book that i love that i'm reading on my kindle and then i'll jump in my car and listen to the audiobook format um so
1: yeah they they sync up don't they so
2: they do yeah
1: whisper sync it's called isn't it i think yes
2: and i absolutely love it um and in regards to accommodations um there are so many different needs that we, you know, when you're able-bodied, when you're able-bodied, you aren't necessarily considering the different accommodations that are needed for some people for various reasons, physically, mm-hmm. mentally, neurologically, so many different ways that people need various formats and deserve various formats. So it or, is most yeah. certainly reading.
1: Or even just preference. Like yes, some people or how much time you have in your day? Some people don't have time to sit and read a book, but they can put an audiobook on in the car or doing the laundry or whatever. So yeah, no, audiobooks. And they're on the rise. So audiobook sales are kind of shooting through the roof, as far as I know. Yes. Um so since you've been narrating audiobooks, what changes have you seen in the industry and where do you think audiobooks will go next? Do you think it will keep increasing?
2: So um, I started in 2000, well, I started fall 2018, slowly into spring 2019 um, was when I did my first book. Um, So it was um, Mm pre-pandemic, pre-work from home period. So one change that I've seen is definitely an influx of narrators, Um, just the amount of people who left acting jobs, left teaching jobs, left various uh, business businesses and wanted to work from home and decided to do audiobook narration. So there's been an influx in narrators. But with that, there's been an influx of books, because I think what happened is once we all once many of us were at home, we found ourselves with time and wanted to fill our time in different ways. And like you said, with the preference, you can listen to a book while you're folding laundry. You can listen while you're exercising. Mm-hmm. And so and and people listen to audiobooks while they're working from home in a way that you necessarily couldn't do if you're working in the office. So I think that big shift that happened with the pandemic, moving people into the home in ways that they've never been before, really caused this boom of audiobooks. Another big change that I'm seeing, which um, audiobook narrators are not super thrilled about, is the use of AI. Yes. <laughs> um, I know AI is infiltrating every aspect of the arts and the audiobook industry is not, we are not sheltered from that. It's also infiltrating our industry as well in ways that are, are I'm not super excited about.
1: Yeah, see, I looked into AI audiobooks because AI is being it's a big thing at the moment like you said and i see i listened to um an uh like a sample of a, an ai generated audiobook and it sounded so realistic i was really shocked yeah but it was a sample for a non fiction book okay and i can imagine it being very different for fiction with all the dialogue because one of the things about audiobook narrators that i really respect is the way they do all the voices like all of the different characters and how you have to make them sound different and, you know, really get feelings and emotions across um, in that way. But obviously nonfiction, you don't have that. So do you really think that AI can replicate that or replace?
2: I don't think it can replicate it to the point where it can replace it, because if you... If you are used to the breathing into the microphone, if you are used to the emotions that go into it, the change of pacing, the change of of dialogue, of character performance, that human element, I don't think that it can replace entirely. However, it can mimic it in a really scary way, mm. especially some of the ways that they are obtaining voices um, and using voices to mimic your speech patterns, um, in a way that's that's almost uncomfortable. Um, yeah. it is uncomfortable. It's kind of like I, I've I've seen several things that compare it to. Um, it's just this this uncanny type of experience where there's something just not quite right. Like we can all listen to Siri read a text or Siri narrate something um, on a TikTok screen, and and we've kind of gotten used to that. And it's just a matter of will people get used to this. AI version. And I really hope they don't. And, and I know a lot of people are standing against it and a lot of publishers are standing against it. People want to hear human voices. Mm-hmm. Um, I know recently uh, there was an article that I read that they are reproducing the voice with his family's permission of an actor who passed away several years ago and using his voice to narrate modern audiobooks. And that's terrifying for me because I choose books that I feel strongly about. And I would never want my voice to say something that I never agreed to it saying.
1: Do you have concerns about data security in terms of your voice being taken and used? Because that's that's a big part of the issue with AI-generated art, isn't it? That they're taking people's art that has been handmade and kind of merging it with other people's art to make this new art that is AI-generated, but, you know, these artists aren't getting any credit or any, you know, money. <laughs> so do yes. do you think that will happen audiobooks wise that, you know, narrator's voices will be taken and used without their permission?
2: It's kind of already happening um, to the point where we have to start adding clauses into our contracts, saying that you will not use this recording um, to replicate my voice in any way. You do have the rights as an author or as a publisher over these audio files, but you do not have the right to my voice. Um, and it has actually happened. there There are several instances out there where um, narrators' voices have been, we've we've suspected that they have been taken without their consent due to clauses that were worked in places that maybe we didn't see or um, it was it wasn't on our contract. it was on the author's contract. So we didn't even know. Because our voices were given with the permission of the author, not with mm. the permission of the narrator. Um, so it is already a concern. It's something that's that's very scary.
1: And I mean, there's people out there who'll do anything without permission anyway, regardless yes, of will. what a
2: contract says. I don't care. Hence yes, all the pirated ebooks books out there on the internet. And it's just so wild how how much like AI was such a distant future thing a year ago. And in the past mm. several months, all of a sudden, everything is AI. There's, there's so many... The, the AI is popping up in so many industries, and and it's something that we didn't even think about. I would think was such an immediate concern.
1: I'm a dystopian author and a dy- dystopian fiction fan, so this absolutely terrifies me because it's very scary, especially when it moves that fast. You just think, like in a year, two years, five years, what what will things look like? Not just for this industry, but like life in general. It's
2: yeah, it's strange. I but I am glad that people are fighting back. They really um, are. There's a lot of people fighting back. And i'm not I'm not a sag after member, but um, the union sag is is really advocating for um actors' voices and for permissions uh, to acquire performance actors' yeah. voices. So it is it is really something that people are pushing back on as much as they can,
1: and I think readers are pushing back as well. Because yes. they don't like AI narrated books, because, yes. like you said, it, it there's something not quite right about it, and it's mm-hmm. not there's just not that human connection. So, fingers crossed that everything goes a good way. <laughs> yes,
2: and even there's um in the audiobook community, the the readers, the listeners, they the a lot of the performers have a huge fan base because a lot of the. the we're, we're actors, and mm-hmm. a lot of people like to see and connect with who they're listening to um, and follow on social media and you and you can't do that. You can't put a name to a face if you and and not everybody it has a public persona that they put out there. but it that is something that the the fan base for narrators is is pretty huge actually.
1: That's interesting. I've never considered that for narrators, that that kind of a reader would listen to books by a specific narrator. But I can understand why they would, because I've heard some narrators who aren't as good, and it, and it kind of doesn't enhance the reading process. But once you find a narrator who really helps you connect with the story, I can imagine wanting to follow that narrator and listen to other things they've read. Yes, so. it's
2: definitely growing in popularity to follow narrators as well as authors.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. So, okay. So obviously we can't go into a ton of detail about the process because it is a big process, but for those of our listeners who are new to audiobooks and want to get their books narrated, what are the kind of first steps they need to take to find a narrator and what should they be looking for in a narrator?
2: So the first steps to finding a narrator, it really depends on, well, honestly, I'd say do some Googling. Do some searching on social media. Like I said, not everybody has a a presence on social media, but there are so many, and it's such a growing number of narrators who are increasing their social media presence because that is a way that a lot of authors find and kind of scan through this is one of the ways that a lot of authors are finding voice talent is by searching on social media, audiobook narrator, searching hashtag audiobook narrator mm-hmm. on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And a lot of people will have their websites linked, samples on there. You'll get to know a little bit about them. That's my favorite way uh, for people finding me, honestly. Uh, that's my favorite way. And then I have like a contact link on my website for inquiring about audiobook production. Another way is you can search if you choose to go through the route of ACX or Findaway Voices, which are independent distributors uh, where narrators work independently with authors to produce the entire book, then you can either search on those platforms or you can hold auditions for your book. And in both of these websites, you do not have to commit to producing the book in order to hold auditions. It can be something you just put up there, you leave up for a week, see if anybody if anybody bites, or you can leave it up for several months and sort out. You can remove your listing if you don't find anybody. Um, so I always suggest that. And if you are posting a listing, be specific with what you're looking for so that the right people are applying. Um, you also ask what should they look for Most certainly look for, are they able to complete the project? Because with the influx of narrators and with the influx of AI, I've heard a lot of complaints from authors who get AI submissions, um, which is very frustrating to sort through, Mm -hmm. um, and who also get submissions uh, from people who don't have very much experience or no experience. And that's not to say that... They cannot complete the work. But just like I did with my first audiobook contract, you can submit an audition with your phone, with your phone microphone that would never pass specifications, but they don't run that through any sort of checker Mm -hmm. when you do auditions. So the biggest thing is check to make sure your narrator can complete the book do a little search on their website, go to see if they have any projects completed on Audible. Even one would show that they've done this before, that they know what they're doing. Yeah. If they don't have any titles listed, then um, I would run their um, audio through some sort of checker. Um, they have it on ACX. They have it ACX Lab, I think it is, um, where you can run the audio and see if it meets specs. So, I highly recommend doing that to see can this can this narrator meet the requirements in order to put out a quality book?
1: Yeah, because, as I said before, it's not just reading out a book. It's all no. of the post-production. and, yeah, like you said, getting the book to specification and, yeah, cha- challenging stuff if you don't know what you're doing.
2: <laughs> it, is, it is. It's very challenging,
1: which leads me on to my next question. So it's no secret the audiobook narration services aren't cheap because of the time and expertise involved. So some self-published authors want to save money and go the DIY route. (laughs) So what tips would you give to authors who are hoping to narrate their books themselves? Um, Would you say don't do it?
2: I don't want to say don't do it, but I just think back to the startup cost of everything it took me um, between time and equipment and courses that I had to take and um, mm. programs that I had to invest in. So it it will cost some money. Um, it's it's not going to be entirely cheap. You could buy a USB mic and just plug it into your computer and go. Uh, but then you run the risk of doing a whole 8, 10-hour book and then not being able to get it to meet specs. Um, so... If you are if you are going to narrate your own book and go the DIY route which I completely understand and respect then I recommend getting a good microphone being in a closet or something that has some sort of sound insulation and possibly hiring an engineer to edit the specs for you or at least hire someone to check your audio for you before you get started so there there are people where you can send a 15 minute sample and they'll let you know if this will meet the requirements um so that's really helpful to know uh if you're going to do this on your own because everyone that I've spoken with who has done their own book audiobook they were surprised at how much went into it
1: yep And that, like I said, that's why it costs so much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It does. And it does cost a lot, but I don't, would you like me to go over the various ways that if you do get an audiobook uh, made, the various ways that narrators accept payment? Yeah, go for it. Okay. All right. Well, there's three different ways that you can pay a narrator. The first way is through royalty share. And what this is, is you split your royalties, um, I don't know exactly how much of it is the actual total from the sale, um, but you split half and half of the royalties made with the narrator for a period of a minimum of seven years. This is often done by newer narrators who want to build their portfolio uh, because it is a heavy investment on the narrator's part rather than necessarily on the author's part, but it can pay back. I've had books that have paid me back. Completely to my full rate, Um, and I've had books where I've made three dollars for eighty hours of work. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so it (laughs) just it just happens. It's it's Mm. an investment, and it's just a matter of if the narrator wants to take a chance. The second option is royalty share plus. This is where you share half your royalties with your narrator and also pay an upfront fee. Usually this fee just covers the cost of engineering, either for the time that the narrator takes to do it themselves or for them to hire someone. Mm. Typically that's about half of the narrator's hourly rate. So they'll, they'll charge half of a rate and then also royalties. This is a really popular option because it brings the cost down and it also uh, can can ensure that possibly a higher caliber caliber of narrator is hired. The third way uh, is per finished hour, where you pay the narrator an hourly rate, not according to the 80 plus hours that went into it, but according to finished hours. If your book comes out to being eight finished hours, you pay that narrator for eight hours of work. Mm -hmm. Um, And that hourly rate will really depend on the narrator's level level of expertise, how much they're paying their engineer, um, and and definitely the experience uh that they have.
1: That's very helpful information. <laughs> um yeah. That it's definitely a good way to um the royalty share thing is a great way to make it more affordable for the authors as well. Um yes,
2: and I've done I've done so many royalty share projects. I've probably done twenty five or thirty maybe.
1: Okay. That's a good proportion. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really fascinating. I think audiobooks are awesome. I definitely consider them a great form of reading. I think that people should give them a chance for sure. Um, Can you let our listeners know uh, where to find out more about you and your services?
2: Yes. uh, My website is just JillianYetter.com and I am available on social media. If you just search my name, Jillian Yetter, Um, I should pop up on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, I'm very active on all three. Uh, If you ever want to see live readings, I do live readings on TikTok of some of the books that I'm doing. Um, I should be on there at the end of April doing a book, the whole thing start to finish, recorded live on TikTok. So it's pretty cool. And I'm not the only narrator who does that. So it's really cool to see uh, the behind the scenes.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Gillian and that it's helped you if you've been considering ways in which you could make the leap into the audiobook world as part of your author business. Remember that if you want to join us for Sprints and Giggles, then make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter. And to get all of the additional benefits of supporting the show, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. Don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Unstoppable Authors.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at
1: unstoppableauthors.com.
0: And join our Guild of Unstoppable Authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of Worldbuilding. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.